Welcome to the Paddle Sports Lifestyle, where we invite you to dare to dream and embrace adventure. I'm your host, Kim Peek, and together with my friends, we'll help you discover new horizons and push the limits of what's possible. In season one, I'm gearing up for my biggest challenge yet, the MR340, a grueling 340-mile paddle race along the Missouri River. But before I embark on this epic journey, I'm going to need to learn everything about the world of paddling. Learn along with me so you can find your own epic adventure on the water. Welcome back to the Paddle Sports Lifestyle. I've been doing my best to document my training as a relatively new paddler who will tackle the MR340, a 340-mile kayak race across the state of Missouri this August. I am working now to catch you up on all of my adventures because life got a little hectic and I am a few major events behind. So today what I want to tell you about is my first official kayak race. So I had my lesson with Robert Norman and I was ready to put my skills to the test. I knew Cop Point would be crowded and so I didn't want to take my trailer. Fortunately, I had several friends at this race who got my kayak off the roof rack for me and helped me carry my boat down the long ramp and get it into the water. This was a huge source of anxiety for me leading into the race. I was all worried about what if there's so many people there? What if I can't find my friends? How am I going to get my boat down there? Because remember, I still can't get my boat off the roof rack by myself. So number one, that helped me get off to a good start. Next, I also knew that I had a friend and his amazing wife lined up to help me get my boat back from the finish line all the way back to Caw Point. And so I had those two major obstacles covered. And I do, I know I get anxious about the tiniest things sometimes. And my first worry was how I was going to get the boat down to the water. And then the second worry was, even though I knew I had a ride home lined up, I knew that he would finish considerably faster than me. And I didn't want them having to wait around for me to finish. And so I was a little bit stressed about being behind and making people wait. Little did I know that these two things would be the least of my worries on race day. Now, I do love a good challenge. I love a good challenge. That is part of the point of doing this is to put myself in a really challenging situation and just force myself to develop the skills quickly and not just survive, but thrive throughout it. So I love a good challenge. This day was definitely a challenge. The shootout is a 51-mile race on the Missouri, and it's one of the lead-up races to prepare for the MR340 in August. The race was brutal. We started off, and I was having a lot of fun. I even, at the beginning, saw where the new women's soccer stadium is going up, one of, actually, the first-in-the-country soccer stadium built for a women's team. And so I actually slowed down for a minute at the very beginning to snap a picture of the soccer stadium because I thought that was cool. I have a daughter who is really into soccer, and so I wanted to send that to her when we were done. That would be about the last time I picked up my phone. The wind picked up throughout the day. I had been following a pack that included my friend Lance and his training partner, Paul. I had been following them mostly sticking with the pack, but starting to trail more and more behind. As the wind picked up, we were going straight into the wind, and I just lost the pack I was following. 
And then I thought that I was the last racer. I did not see a single person around, nobody behind us. And so I'm starting to panic because I am all alone. The wind is picking up. The wind is spinning me in circles. So anytime I let go of my paddle, I would end up facing the wrong direction. The wind was so hard, it was blowing me upstream. So that was really scary to me. And then at some point, I realized that my phone was about to die. And I had a long way to go. So I tried to figure out, thinking that I am the very last paddler, and there's really not a lot of places to stop between Cop Point and Lexington. There's just not a lot of places to stop. And so I tried to kind of get over against some rocks to pull out my phone charger so that I could charge my phone. I quickly realized that I could not fit both my charger and my phone in the pack that I was wearing around my neck. I like to have my phone on me, and so I wear it around my neck on this see-through clear plastic pack, waterproof pack. So I connect my phone to the charger. I put the charger in my lap. I keep the phone around my neck, but it's not sealed shut. The wind is blowing me in circles. So immediately I think, well, this is not going to work long term because now what if I capsize my boat? My phone gets in the water. It gets wet. I don't have a way to call anybody if I ruin my phone. And so I let it charge for the shortest amount of time that I could so that I could feel comfortable. And then I thought, well, I'll pull out the charger again and recharge later on. In the meantime, because I am using my new paddling skills, I am using a different set of muscles than I had been used to. So my arms no longer hurt, but now that I'm using the proper muscles, my very neglected abs started to cramp. So I am getting a cramp in my abs in a kayak. And we all know that there is no room to stretch out a cramp in a kayak. And at this point, I am positive I am going to tip over my boat and nobody is going to see me and I would die alone in the Missouri River. And so then I pull out my phone and I text my friend's wife, who is supposed to be looking for me at the finish so I can ride home with them. And I just give her an update. Hey, I'm all alone. I'm really having a hard time. I'm the last paddler. Don't leave without me. Because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I at least have to let them know that it is going to be a literal eternity until I get to the finish line. So I have all this really negative stuff going on in my head. I am panicking. I'm thinking I'm going to die. I'm the last person. Pretty soon another couple comes up behind me and I realize that I wasn't alone. And so I'm like, okay, I am going to follow these people. And I get close enough and I ask them, where are you getting out? And they look at me like I'm crazy. And they're like, in Lexington? And I'm like, oh, you're one of the one of the racers. And they're like, yeah. And they just, to me, did not look like they were struggling. They looked calm as could be. And so it didn't occur to me that they were racers. So I just keep following them. They pretty much ignored me, but I followed them just for peace of mind. I realized I wasn't alone. But again, with two paddlers in a canoe, they're going to be able to go a lot faster than little old me in my boat that still keeps spinning around every time I try to do anything, like let go of my paddle. So I keep following them, and they keep getting ahead of me. But at this point, I'm thinking, okay, 
if something happens, they're still within earshot. If I blow my safety whistle, I think they're going to hear me. Oh, the other big thing that happened at that point was I realized that my Garmin was not tracking my distance right. And so I thought I had 20 more miles to go and I maybe had 7 to 10 actually to go. And so that gave me hope. Realizing that I wasn't alone and that I didn't have as far to go as I thought. So those two things kind of reset my mindset, helped me snap out of that sad story I was telling myself, and then I followed them trailing behind onto Lexington where my friends were waiting. Overall, it was a great learning opportunity and helped me see more things I need to fine-tune before the big 340. I was reminded how fortunate I am to have so many people who support me Every, every single person who I interacted with that day, who I snapped pictures of, played a role in getting me out and to the water that day. And so I was really, really grateful just for the friends and the support I had, the training partners, the people who do believe in me, who told me to keep paddling on, that I was going to be able to finish. All of those people made a huge difference. One of my favorite things about endurance sports, and the reason I wish that everyone could find something similar to participate in is because there are highs and lows. At some point throughout the event, things seem hopeless. We want to give up. We think we can't go on. And that definitely happened to me. Then something changes. We find hope and a reason to go on. We find a new level of strength that we didn't know we had. And if we put ourselves in enough of these situations, we build resilience and realize that we can conquer the challenges life throws at us. That is one of my favorite things about any type of endurance sport is all of the personal growth and just the mental toughness you gain by having to struggle, having to problem solve, having to get out of it, and then coming out on the other side. So that is my big recap of what my first race was like I thought I was alone. Later, I found out that I actually, I finished 69th out of, I think 69th out of 97 is what it was. So I was not at the very end. In fact, once I got to the ramp and we had my kayak loaded, as we were driving out of town, there were still people coming up to the finish. So I also realized that even though I felt like I was alone, there were still people coming up behind me. And so if I had died or if I had been in the water, hopefully somebody would have come up behind me and would have seen me and would have been able to help get me to the shore. And again, I wouldn't have been as concerned about any of this except for the wind was throwing me around like crazy. At one point, I was only going 2.5 miles an hour, which was slower than what we estimated the current being because I was pushing me the opposite direction. And the other thing about this that I was thinking was the next day, I started talking to friends, guys who were bigger. They also struggled with the wind. They also struggled because the wind was turning them around. And so I realized this wasn't just a girl thing or a small person thing. This was everybody struggled. And then when I went back and looked at the historic data on this race, it's often a very windy race. It gave us great practice into paddling into headwinds. It gave us great practice on just enduring the really, really tough. And the best part was even though I struggled, even though the wind was brutal, I still beat 
what would have been the Reaper pace I got from Caw Point to Lexington in less time than what I will have on the day of the race. And so I figure if I can do that in those conditions, I can do it on any day. So that is Caw Point to Lexington is the first point. Now I have to be able to continue on from Lexington and get to Waverly in four additional hours, averaging about the same pace. And we have a training run coming up in the next couple of weeks where we are going to test that. And once I am through that, I am confident that I can do this race and finish it because the first day of this race is the absolute hardest. And I'll leave you with this. Life is like an endurance sport. The more we put ourselves in hard situations, the more resilient we become. And the more resilient we become, the more fulfilling our life is. As you go about your week this week, remember wherever life takes you, the good, the bad, the happy, the sad, the hard, the easy, the awe-inspiring, make it an epic adventure. I'll catch you next time. There will never be a better time than now to discover what you're truly capable of. So go ahead, take that first step, even if it feels scary. Do it anyway. Thank you for listening to the Powell Sports Lifestyle. If you enjoyed this show, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review. See you on the water.